0: Welcome back to the Time Sink. It's your boy, Hamza. It's your other boy, I guess. I'm oldie. So I have a little bit of follow-up on the chess drama. Remember, the last time we left our tale was Hans Newman was suing Magnus Carlsen. Oh, that's right. He was suing him. Yeah, I forgot that part. I was just thinking, oh yeah,
1: Magnus Carlsen kept dropping out of matches between the guy. But you're right, he sued him at some point. I guess
0: Defamation? uh defamation and like something about you know uh my career or whatever he sued for like an absurd amount of money like do you remember that like he sued for him like i don't know like a hundred thousand dollars or like a million or 10 million or some some crazy amount of money
1: i've heard this is a thing with defamation lawsuits where the smart thing to do is to go really high and then the idea is that you bargain
0: down and they sell outside of court for a lesser amount so maybe that's what's happening there uh so two things first of all hans newman is back over two hundred twenty-seven hundred 2700 radiant. So he's back to being a, I think, I think right now what they consider a super GM is 2,700 or above. So he's back to being a super GM. She already was, whatever. And what the new results were, are is Magnus hits back and he, he has, he submitted a motion to, to dismiss with prejudice plus supporting case. So it's like this really legal document. What does any of that mean? Yeah, it's a very legal document. I have no idea what the heck it's going on here, but it says, uh, well the, the Reddit comments here course they tell me oh ooh, it, trust them so much no, no no this one says he's a lawyer so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well he says he says a motion to dismiss means even if what you're saying is true you don't have any legitimate legal claim against me and he's asking the court to throw a throw out the case at a very early stage without any need for a fact finding process to see whether hans's allegations are actually true or false why would that be a thing in the legal system and apparently this is very common well comp- comp- it lawyers very common to do in in, in, in in the legal sense. I'm trying to figure out what, what's the reason that exists. Like, oh, we're just saying it could be true, but let's just, let's
1: just pretend it's not.
0: That's what it sounds like to me. It's just like, let's just not do this. He's saying it's like it's baseless, so let's just not make it go further. We're just going to motion to dismiss the case.
1: I mean, I guess if you're going to sue someone for defamation, you can start with evidence. That's how you would start. I guess maybe you can start a suit without the evidence, and then this exists to stop that
0: suit from going further because you have no evidence, maybe? I think I think it's one of those things where you know it's going to take a lot of money and legal problems and it's uh, additional stress and he's like whatever just you know can we just dismiss it. But this, this is very common so I, I I it seems like what people are thinking is like, it's going to do nothing and he's going to going to appeal or whatever and then it's going to keep going forward probably. Oh, uh, it's just one of those like it's it costs nothing to do and if it succeeds our hands are clean. So, exactly. I'll just do it. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Interestingly, it says in the in the document that uh United States District Court for the Eastern District of Missouri Eastern Division, which uh, I never consider this, but like Magnus Carlson lives in Norway, doesn't he? And Hans, I know he's Norwegian. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And Hans, I don't know where he lives right now. I know he lives in Europe for a, for a while, but he's American, so this is happening in, in Missouri, like the like state of Missouri. So it's Missouri courts.
1: Okay. <laughs> I see. I didn't think about that. I totally assumed it would be some kind of European. Yeah. Or I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah. I just in my head, it made, It made sense that it would be somewhere. Over the Atlantic. Definitely
0: not. I wouldn't have considered it American courts. And also, it says his name. So, Hans... We already know Hans' name is Hans Moke Neiman. Or Hans Moke Niemann. Well, it's a joke. But Magnus' name, we thought it was just Magnus, right? Well, actually... Well, Carlson at the end. Okay, we thought it was Magnus Carlson. But actually, it says here, Hans Moke Neiman plaintiff versus Sven Magnus Owen Carlson, a.k.a. Magnus Carlson, Play Magnus AS, DBA, Play Magnus Group, Chess.com, LLC... Daniel Rensch, a.k.a. Danny Rensch, and Hikaru Nakamura. So, those all are considered the defendants. Oh, so it's not just Magnus Carlsen, then? Yeah, so it's... First of all, we learned that Max has, like, t- three first names or something. Yes, <laughs> and apparently this is a thing in Norway uh, Norwegian culture. I don't know. But Sven, or Sven, I don't know how to pronounce that. Magnus Owen Carlsen. That's his full name. And he chooses the middle one as the one he goes by. Well, I don't know if he chooses that, but that's what everyone chooses. I'm sure that's what he chooses. But he's being, he's at one of the defendants. Plus, it says, uh, this is AKA Magnus Carlson. Then it says Play Magnus. That's his uh, company with the, with the, you know, the, the chess game. Then it says the Play Magnus group. So I guess there's a, there's a bigger parent company. Chess.com LLC. entirety of Chess.com. Daniel Wrench, just another dude. And Hikaru Nakamura. Well, we know Hikaru Nakamura. Yeah, so, we've talked about him before. So this is kind of saying, hey, we're just going to, you know, let's slide in there. So there you go. That's the update. I don't know if this is—they literally just came in like two, like a day ago. Oh, okay. So very fresh. Very fresh. So no idea what's gonna happen. I'm surprised it took so long to do this. Yeah, I guess you can't really rush legal stuff. Plus, Hans is still playing in tournaments and stuff. He's still making money. He, still, he says his rating is still going up. So it's not like a. I mean, I don't know if he. I think FIDE said he wasn't cheating. I think they... well, maybe not FIDE, but like the the Singfield Cups said he wasn't cheating. So. It's like a. It's like a innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. Of course, as it should be. Right? But it's one of those cases where it's like, if, if later on it does come out that he cheated, everyone will be like, it's obvious. So obvious. We saw, I saw it coming from yeah, a mile away. Yeah. You could see the stats. It didn't make sense. And then if it finds out that he didn't cheat, which is impossible to prove, so there's always going to be doubt in people's minds, but let's just say he didn't cheat, it'll be like, well, yeah, of course he didn't cheat. Like, I mean, yeah, those results are amazing, but that's not anything like, compared to Mag. It's not it's not amazing. It, it could be possible. It's possible. So it's one of those cases where it's really... Did he cheat? Did he not cheat?
1: <sighs> I mean, it's like one of those... It's like the psychological phenomenon, I forget the name of it, but I remember someone I was talking to who, like, studies psychology, told me there's, like, this thing with human nature where if you tell them a fact, they'll their brain will, like, almost automatically come up with a way to justify it and so that to the person, it seems like, oh, I could have guessed that. I could have figured that out. Like, I think the example was, like, did you know, like, this is a fake stat, by the way, this heads up, fake stat. Did you know boys tend to be given more adventurous, unique names than women? Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, it makes sense. But then you, you go to a, a separate group of people and say the same thing. Oh, do you know women tend to have more unique names than men? And they go, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Like you can thats a total you, different question, dude. Well, okay, the same statement just switched the word men with women around. If I say I'm i going to say it the exact same. Okay, okay. And people would always just be like, oh, yeah, I can see. Like you can justify these things in your head. Like you like you saw the signs, you just didn't connect the dots yet. And that's how it feels like with these kind of things. It's like if he said, oh, he cheated. Like yeah, we kind of suspected he was always cheating because he was doing so well and then oh it turns out he didn't cheat and like you like said you can't really prove a negative you can't prove he didn't cheat yeah. you can only prove to like a certain amount of confidence but if it turns out like okay we're pretty confident he didn't cheat we're like oh yeah well you know some people are just remarkable
0: he was able to do it and he he did he had the skills so he did it well this is kind of like the np problem right where it's like it's easy to verify so obviously for people like, oh yeah of course because it's easy to verify that but it's, it's difficult to actually figure that out yourself right it's like a Oh yeah, we have a solution. It's easy to back check to see if the solution works. Yeah, so that's it. I will find out what happens after that. I don't know. It's getting kind of weird. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping this just goes through and it's kind of just done. But this won't be done. This is one of the things I think like is gonna be forever. We
1: should probably just leave it limited to like one update a year at this point. Maybe yeah. I Maybe
0: mean, that's fair. Okay, so we've had a topic on this topic sheet for a little bit.
1: And I, I honestly, we should probably check how long it's been on here. It's probably been here for at least a couple months. I couldn't have been more than two months, because this is
0: literally two <laughs> uh, months old.
1: Really? <laughs> it, it feels like it's in there forever. Maybe because you wrote it in all caps, it sticks out every time you look at the topic sheet. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I have not even tell you what it is. So that's the yeah, best, it's, best, it's, best it's a vague, here's what it says, it's a vague, all caps, math gains. It's vague, it's all caps, and I did it specifically because I, 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 I saw this um, article that popped up. Well, actually, this is in the news, like for like a lot of things I follow. so I was like, oh, okay, what the heck. Then I saw an article pop up about this, I was like, i was reading through the article, it looks pretty amazing. Then I saw there was a research paper, so I clicked on that, read the research, so, but I didn't read the research paper, because it's, it's very dense. But I finally got around to, fi-
1: to, to, to reading it. This is what you told me, you told me there's a research paper, you want to finish reading it before you do the topic. I'm like, what could this possibly be that you're doing a research paper for?
0: Yeah, so it's uh, and I read the research paper. Well, I, okay, I, I read all of it, and then near the end, I just couldn't understand what's going on, so I <laughs> kind of skimmed through the last part. But you know, I'm not I'm not at the level yet where I can just read a research paper. But got I got the general gist and got the most ideas from it. It's not too it's not too bad actually. If you've taken like a a bachelor's in maybe computer science or math,
1: oh you know, so easy. Just do one of those and you're reset.
0: Yeah, right? And if you see some... The- was, that sarc- was that sarcasm? That was, that was sarcasm. That was heavy sarcasm. This is- it's
1: not that easy to just get a bachelor's degree in
0: computer science or mathematics. Yeah, that's fair. But And if you know a little bit about theoretical you know, stuff, then it's, it's not its not too difficult to understand. Or it's not too difficult to read the paper. They wrote the paper nicely. The concept itself, maybe it's a little, a little crazy. Okay, anyways. So enough, enough hype. What is math gain? So just two months ago... Well, let me talk about who did this first. Deep Mind, that's the Google division, right? The Google AI. That's the Google's AI group thing, and they were known for something that was really famous that we talked about in this podcast for a long time. I forget the name. It's the Go one. Yeah, Alpha Go, and they made Alpha Zero. Basically, it's an AI company that makes these insane things, and they do insane things. And they're not just famous for Alpha Zero and Alpha Go to defeat, and they also defeat chess and shogi and etc. But they also made Alpha Fold which is for protein folding. Uh, don't ask me what that means. I don't. Oh, that's crazy. Really? And their recent, most recent thing, which is, not, if, is now it's been two months uh, since since recording. <laughs> it is, al- it's called Alpha Tensor. Does that give you any an, okay. idea? Is this an AI that does AI? Oh, that's, that's going too far. That's going too far? Because
1: Tensor to me is like, it's a term that's heavily used in artificial intelligence and machine learning. So like, if Go is a AI that plays Go, is alpha, tensor, and AI that, like, AIs?
0: You're, okay, but what is a tensor, though? Just what is a tensor? Oh, I forget the term. I fe- I'm pretty crying what the term means at yeah. this point. Okay, it's basically like a matrix in higher dimension.
1: Yeah, well, isn't any matrix in higher dimensions as long as it's, like...
0: It could, it, a, a tensor is a matrix in higher dimension or lower dimension. It's just, it's just any matrix. But yeah, it's, it's just a it's matrix, a, right? It's yeah. A, that's what it's called a tensor. It's called a tensor in physics. The physics tensor is a little bit different than, than the math tensor, but it's similar ideas. This is the one thing I never understood was what was the difference between a matrix and a tensor. It's just... Is it the application, I guess? If you apply a matrix for AI, it becomes a tensor? No, 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 no. There's there's a difference. I don't know exactly what it is. But I think... I know the way that you're thinking of matrix and the way I think of matrices is exactly the same as a tensor. But there's, like, a little bit of nuance here with linear algebra. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, uh, that is... Like, I've seen it happen. I've seen it up a couple of times. But this is called alpha tensor. So what is that supposed to mean? The idea is they discovered... Well, um, I don't want to go too deep. But what they did was... I don't want to go too deep. Read the full research paper. Okay, I guess. Okay, fine. I'll just, will just, I'll just say it. They developed an AI that discovers novel and optimal... well, maybe not, may not optimal, but better solutions for matrix multiplication. Matrix matrix. How do you? How do you find a better solution
1: or a close? To? I will, I will
0: explain. I'll explain what better
1: means. Because like, it's like I found a way. to I had this AI can multiply two numbers together almost
0: perfectly. It's like either you're right or you're wrong. Are you, no, no. Are you no.
1: judging by how close
0: no, to no, the no, right no, answer no. this Okay, first of all, that's okay. That's not true, because you're thinking of numbers in the finite domain. That's true. We're talking about uh, floating point numbers and, and 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 you know what I'm saying, like error correction. But but that's not even what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is the basic idea is, imagine a two by two matrix. For people that don't know what a matrix is, uh, oh god, here we go. What is it? I want like, to, to see how you describe a matrix to people who don't know what a matrix is. Well, you have to imagine a system of equations, and it's like the coefficients... Oh my god! Of
1: the, what, oh god, what, so bad. What do you mean?
0: What do you mean? <laughs> okay, a matrix is just rows and columns of numbers that you can multiply together in unique ways. They're coefficients of a linear combination in a system of equations... Okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. Search it up on Google, I guess. But the point is, you probably did it if you went to high school. Okay, so... <laughs> if you want to imagine a matrix... <laughs> <laughs> it's not that funny dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: it's just of all the ways to describe a matrix people who don't know what
1: it is your first intuition is i would explain it using the terms like coefficient and
0: linear equations maybe i'm too much in a math bubble right now but okay so the idea is it's numbers right so if, if, I, if i say something like it's a two by two matrix imagine a square that is length two and width two and there are four numbers in that square If you ever played four square in elementary school, imagine that. And with numbers in each mini square. Exactly. So you have one of those, and you have another one of those, and we want to multiply them together. And you might ask, how do you multiply them together? Well, I won't get too dirty to that, but the point is you do some multiplications in a certain way, okay? Yeah, just multiply the numbers in a very specific order. Yeah, very specific order. And that will result in another two-by-two matrix. So, whatever, whatever. Okay, that's the basic idea. Now... That was the or the original algorithm that we learned in school, and the, that's taught to everyone. And the algorithm that was thought to be either the best or close to the best was to find the solution of matrix multiplication. You have to do the first row times the first column, then you know the first row times the second column, second row times the first column, second row times the second column. You go row by row, column by column, and you will one find one by one. Yeah, and you'll find your solution. This is an O of n cubed algorithm, or uh, and other ways to say it's polynomial. Okay, I don't really know. another way to say it is it takes a very long time to do. It's yeah. a lot of multiplications over and over and over. Yes, yes. But the important thing is matrix multiplication is used everywhere. It's used in machine learning, like Molib said, it's used in uh rendering. It's used in it looks pretty much everything. Basically,
1: if anything shows up on a computer screen,
0: matrices were involved somewhere. Yeah, 100%. So it's it's very it's very it's a good idea to try to optimize this cuz it's used in a lot of places. What are you going to optimize? Because you, you kind of have to multiply these numbers by the number. What are you trying to do here, right? Exactly. Like, at the end of the day, you have to just go through and brute force, do all the multiplications, and get the answer at the end. When you do this algorithm that we learned, there are eight multiplications that you have to do. Oh, but for a two by two? For a two by two case. And like, I don't know how many, I forgot how many additions. Four additions. You have to do these many operations. This paper, the idea of this paper is it's saying that we want to limit the number of multiplications because multiplication is generally harder. It generally... So the thing is, when you learn about in like low-level programming and low-level stuff, you learn that, oh, addition is super fast. Like, very fast. All yeah, you have to very do... is easy to add numbers. It's very easy to add binary numbers. Super easy. You just have to... You can do it in parallel. You can keep the carryover bits. It's very easy. Uh, and usually compilers are heavily optimized for addition. Multiplication is the same. I mean, even in modern day, I would say it's the same. Like, there's fast multiplication too. But... Multiplication usually re- includes multiple cycles. Maybe that's getting too deep, but you have to do multiple additions, right? You can't just do it in one cycle. That's what multiplication basically is, right? It's just adding over and over. Yeah. Although I know some people might say that there are fast optimization for multiplication addition. Throw all that away. It's it's not. It's it's it is applicable, but we just ignore that for now. So the point is, if we, if we can optimize this multiplication, so if we can reduce the number of multiplications, then we're, we're we're getting better solutions. That's the idea.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if like if there's a ten step process to get a job done, and you find a
0: way to do it in five steps, you're now doing it way faster. Yeah, but people didn't think that was possible until 1969, where a German. Okay, I, mean, I don't. I, never mind. I don't know if he's German. Strassen is the dude's name. Volker Strassen. You just assume he's German by his last name. I, I, his I feel like I read that somewhere, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he is German. I'm pretty sure he is. Oh, okay. He discovered an algorithm. Or he didn't discover an algorithm. He discovered some equations for the two by two case that reduced the number of multiplications from eight to seven. So one reduced. One reduction. One less step. But this was a big step in in the field of math at that time. People were like really surprised. They're like, no one expected this to be possible. Or not that they didn't expect it to be possible, but they didn't expect to find the solution. And he only found it for the two by two case. He did he did discover an algorithm for higher order matrices, but it's not really possible to find out the the equations for that. Because it's, it's just too many... The thing is the state space for solving this is ridiculously enormous. Like, it's even more than the Go state space. And Go is already so many combinations of games and whatnot, right? This is even more. Yeah. Not that much more, but it's 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 roughly equivalent.
1: Really? Not that much more?
0: Wow, not that I much consider- more. Not, not that wow, more. surprising. But... It is more. It is more, though. But um, he discovered this. He reduced the operations. So people were surprised about that. And the equations are pretty, pretty elegant, too, the way he discovered it or the way that he formulated it. And it's the same idea that he did in 1969 which someone else i don't remember the name uh, there's actually a couple people throughout history that have improved the algorithm and made it even better and etc etc it's not i mean, it's not really an algorithm but it's a way to find these equations that's the main idea how do we find these equations how do we find this reduction so alpha or i guess deepmind decided let's take a crack at it see if we can figure anything out here and remember their idea if you remember the alpha zero talk the idea their whole idea for their AI, the architecture, is to use deep reinforcement learning. And they play games, right? For Go, you play a game, a two-player game. Use reinforcement learning, which means you give them a reward if you do good. Uh, you give them a penalty if they do bad. You kind of push them toward the right direction. And once they get there, you update your, you know, your policies, and then you kind of move on. This is great in a game. But you can see here, it's not really a game in this case, right? It's, it's like a matrix multiplication. Where's the game here? Who are the players? Yeah, what constitutes as good and bad? Exactly. What's a good move in multiplication? So, what they did was they formulated this problem as a game. They called it a tensor game. Uh, and the reason for that is really specific because this whole thing, it's, it's an interesting way. To, okay, it's just, if, even if you forget about this idea, the interesting way how they formulated the problem. So, they took the problem, they deconstructed the problem in a certain way. So, they reduce it to a different problem. They created that into a game. They fed that game into the AI that they already had, but they did change a few parameters, of course, because this is more of a difficult step. Then, using that AI, they were able to generate these equations. That's their f- process.
1: Okay, interesting. So they gamified this math problem, and then they gave it to an AI who's
0: good at playing games. Yes. All right. That's a app way to put Checks it. Checks out. Uh, and the, how do they do it? The, how, you might think, how do you even do it? Like, you just you just, mad, you just think about yourself. Like, how would I even? How do you even start to figure out these equations? I'm thinking like back to
1: like elementary school when the teachers were trying to make math fun, and I was in the computer lab. They'd be like, "Oh, check out this game!" And it's like every five steps, the computer will just like throw a math problem at you. If yeah, you want yeah. to continue, that's what I'm imagining right now. It's just a video game where it just throws math equations and solve it,
0: and then you go to the next step. Uh, okay, well, it's, uh, okay. Yeah, I guess kind of close. Maybe, but with, with is the, it? I don't think so. I can't would imagine it it'd be at all close. Well, so the first problem is you have to have some data. This is supervised learning. Uh, this they, they the way they mix their original model is they have a little bit of supervised learning and synthetic data and stuff, and they push that into the real data. But the key idea is tensor decomposition. This is the key idea, which I when I was reading the paper, I was like, this is ingenious, and I don't think they invented this, but it's something that they used pretty pretty well in the paper. So the idea is. You have um, for all the multiplications, you create three vector or three matrices, which they call U, V, and W, and then you take the outer product of these. Classic U, V, and W. Yeah, and then you take the outer product of these, and you sum them up. That will give you the number of equations. Okay, I'll have a look on that to get more. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I'm going to get one on that. I'm going to assume that's correct. Yeah, you'll have to. But here's the cool part. Okay, if you have a two by two matrix and you do all this fancy shenanigans you will end up with a four by four Rubik's cube. Like if just imagine it, it's going to be like a Rubik's cube. Okay. Where the, where the colors, the, the, the colors of the sides are colored. If that cube is equal to one uh, and it's, it's not colored if it's equal to zero. Okay. I see. So that, that is considered one equation or that is considered like all the equations in that Rubik's cube. It's per slice per layer. So the idea is all you have to do now is to find all of the possible combinations and permutations of this Rubik's Cube shape structure that have as many multiplications or less than the optimal than the version that we have right now. And you solve the problem. Okay, interesting. So
1: again, okay, they turn the equation into basically they combine all the equations in a very clever way to make it a Rubik's cube. And then you're telling the AI to come up with a permutation. What does that mean in this instance? What is the first permutation? Is that like move set? Are you moving the Rubik's Cube? The AI has to create the U, V,
0: and W matrices. Oh, okay. So it has to make the matrices that create the Rubik's Cube. Yeah, but the idea, I'm just saying that it's, it's the same as decomposing that Rubik's Cube.
1: Okay, okay. I see. So the
0: AI's job is really to make a Rubik's Cube that has as many or fewer permutations? Yeah. And they limit this. They have a very clever strategy. That's actually very clever to limit the number of ways to do it. The reward they give is negative one. And they, they, they explain all of their policies and whatnot. But the reason why this all this is always successful is because they always use this again and again and again. They use an alpha zero. They use an alpha star. And this has been used in the same problem years ago too, like 10 years ago. So this is not new for this problem. But their AI is based off of this problem, which is why it's like perfect for, their, for this use case. And this is something called Monte Carlo Tree Search. And you should remember that a because we 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 learned that. <laughs> I've heard the name Monte Carlo like too many times in my life. <laughs> we learned that, and I don't remember much of it either. But all you do you remember the Qs and the Pies and the and the Vs and the you know the the policy. I remember updates? the needles on a line. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? You mean like the drop the needles and stuff and like yeah, drop the needles. Yeah. So I think of, I think of Monte Carlo. That's not even close to what I'm talking about. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. But the point is. Monte Carlo tree search is really good for this issue because this is a huge state space, and Monte Carlo tree search is a way to get a random subsample, and then from there you create some policies, and you simulate, and you see if that's a good solution, then you use it, update, etc., etc., etc. Very good for this case. Uh, but anyways, this is the basic stuff. This is the basic algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of other cool stuff. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna talk about it too much because it's, it's, it's too boring. It's crazy
1: to watch you just flip over a piece of paper that has like a box of just pure text
0: on it and diagrams. You're saying it with like six pages in front of you. Yeah, I'll link this research paper uh, in the notes and also some videos that I watched to help really solidify the idea. There's a video by like Harvard and some other dude. And I was like, these are... Really- <laughs> some other dude? Like, this, like <laughs> we got two choices. Harvard, some dude. The Harvard video was good, but it's, it's more for people that are like beginners. So it's really, it's really digest- digestible. The other dude is way more technical. So... That's not the way I would have guessed that went, but okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. So there's a few things they did here. Okay, they did they did one thing that's special too, but I'll talk about that after I see I show you the results. Okay, so here are the main results. Remember, this is trying to get better matrix multiplications. Yes, that's the end goal here. So there's different size matrices, and they show with square matrices. So if we have a 4x4, four four, uh, okay, also, uh, well, it doesn't matter. they 4 4x4. Here are the results. So for a two by two case, the best rank okay well, the best multiplication number that was known before was seven. So like the most you needed was seven. That's Strassen's algorithm. You mean the least you would need? But the, least you need, the seven. least you need. What did Alpha Tensor figure out? It also got seven. Okay. Seven equations. So no improvement there. Okay. So right now humans and AI is tied. Cool. Tied. Tied. Then for the three by three case, the best known was twenty three. Okay, what did Alpha Tensor get? Twenty three as well. So still no okay. improvement. All right. By the way,
1: t- for three by three, the basic way we would do we were twenty seven. Multiplications? Because uh, three cubed. Yes. Okay. So we he was able to get from twenty seven down to twenty three. Yeah. And the AI confirm confirmed as much as any I can confirm anything that twenty three is the lowest you can get.
0: That's a long pause. I was thinking, is it really twenty-seven? Okay, for a four-by-four, the best rank known was forty-nine. Or the, the, the I keep saying rank. That the lowest multiplication was forty-nine. Are you saying rank because this is actually the rank of the matrix or something? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is how they define okay. it in the paper too. I'm just I'm reading the columns. It's literally that's what the call it. So it's easy to read. What did Alpha Tensor get? 49.2. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, how far do we go until the AI does look actually impressive? Okay, but there is a little caveat here. Because okay, so at, at this step, they did do something impressive. Which is, they got 47 equations if you do this in modular arithmetic. Okay, so I guess S- if you're doing mod matrix multiplication, then... If you're doing mod. And, and there are some use cases where this is relevant. But for the, I think for the general case, uh, no one cares. But
1: in this case, it has been a human yeah, sh- number. sure, sure whatever. At this point.
0: It's, it's very specifically in this one instance of modular arithmetic. Yeah, yeah. Now for a 5x5 five five case, 98, also 98, so no improvements at all. What the modular case though? Ninety six. So yes, there there is an improvement. Okay, I'm gonna skip to the, when the actual improvements start. So okay, then there are non um square matrices. So there's like a two. Oh by right, two. this has only been squared, like two by two, two by three, and uh, three by three, and so on. Yeah, now there's gonna be a two by two with a two by three and a two by two by two by four. Blah blah blah. There's a few. There's actually way more, but this is just what the list says. The real improvements start at uh blah 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 blah. Okay, the first one that has a real improvement. Is the 3x4 matrix with a 4x5 matrix? Okay. That one, the original algorithm says 48 multiplications. This one says 47. <laughs> <Woof>. <laughs> we got one, boys. <laughs> we got one reduction. Let's go. But, okay, but, okay, I, I'm making a joke, but let's be honest. We go on a blah, blah, blah. For the 4x5 and the 5x5, five five, originally it was 80, now it's 76. So there's a 4 reduction. And in general, it's a linear reduction in the, uh, like every hundred or so dimensions gained or something. So, for example, the eleven by twelve by the twelve by twelve matrix had a thirty uh, multiplication improvements. Wow. Okay, that's great.
1: I think it's most when I think of matrix multiplication, at least in the way it's applied in modern stuff, you're dealing with huge matrices. Huge, matrices, huge.
0: Yeah, huge. Like we're talking thousands, ten thousands, whatever.
1: Yeah. So like the amount of improvement to say I could do on those.
0: It'd be astronomical. Uh, but you have to be careful because it depends on the type of the matrix. If the matrix is sparse or dense, if it's sparse, there's other algorithms that are really good. Like for sparse matrices. Okay. So I'm not sure how will click all that be. But they did something clever. So this is something that they did uh, for this case. But they did something really, really clever. Actually, I think, I guess, okay, there's a list here with all the other ones as well. Um, but they did something really clever, which was they didn't just optimize for the number of multiplications. This is something that they did in the beginning but then they did something which I've never really seen before which is they optimized for speed or hardware literally hardware so they took oh, an, okay. they, they took an Nvidia uh V I think what do they call it the V100 or something Nvidia something GPU and they took the Google's TPU version 2 and they optimize the algorithm for the ai specifically for the hardware so how does that work how like if you just imagine how does that work well you get some result and they see the speed or the efficiency and they have some metric for that of the algorithm they feed that into the ai and they give the ai penalties for doing worse so not only are they looking for the best multiplication they're looking they're giving an ai penalty if it does worse on the same architecture on the same hardware okay so it's basically punishing it for taking too long yes and why do they do this? Because they want to optimize it for that specific hardware and see if it's even possible. So he, they actually got something pretty, I think this is pretty impressive, pretty useful. What they saw was if you, do, if you do the optimized version and you run this on the optimized GPU version. So let's, okay, I have an algorithm. I have this alpha tensor algorithm and I run this on my NVIDIA GPU. Mm-hmm. And I get some result. I mean, I get some time and it takes this much time and it's done. Now I take the same algorithm and I run it on the TPU. What will I get? What is the difference going to be? Is well, it going to be the same? It's not going to be the same. So what they saw, what they found was the speed up of running a GPU, an uh, an algorithm optimized for the GPU on a GPU is 8.5%. So you get a speed up, you get a speed up in general.
1: But I feel
0: like the 8.5% is pretty big. Oh, it is, it is is huge. And I'll talk about why that's huge. And then if you run that same algorithm on the TPU, you only get a 4.4% speed up. So the AI
1: is actually like designing itself to work best under specific conditions.
0: Exactly exactly what was getting at. Exactly. It's actually doing something, which I've never even seen before. I, it blew my mind a little bit. That's really,
1: yeah, I, I, most of the time when you think of AI, it's just we're considered impressive once it can just do the thing it's assigned to do. But now you're like, no, no, no. Do it better based off your current conditions. The conditions you're currently working
0: under. Which might be a completely different way of doing something. They did the same thing with the TPU. So the optimized algorithm for the TPU had a 10 times Im- or 10% improvement on the TPU. And they took the TPU version on the GPU and it had a 2.8% improvement. So it's obvious from these results that yes... Is it is doing much better for that specific hardware? It's kind of scary. I don't know. To me, it's a little scary. It's like, yeah, I can sell you this GPU and it's going to do better. Like, why? It doesn't feel like it should do better. It's the same algorithm, but it does because the AI learned something about the hardware. Just kind of yeah,
1: it's figured it really? out something about the. Hard- like I remember back when we were in school, we did an assignment where we would run different algorithms, and then depending on which computer you used personally, you could get better or worse performance consistently yeah. with like one over the other. And now this is an AI
0: that's learning to recognize that and adapt to it. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's not like a different programming language, a faster language, or a faster architect. No, no it's the same exact code, but it's optimized for that. It's, it's insane. Okay, what they wanted to see is, what is the speed of compared to the normal, like, Strassen? They call it Strassen squared algorithm. So it's, another, it's the same thing, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a recursive version. Compared to the GPU, and oh, it's NV100, by the way. Compared to the TPU and the NVIDIA GPU. And what they saw was is always an improvement. There are, there are, no matter what... I mean, maybe this is biased because this is their paper. And maybe you need like a third-party paper to talk about the Saracen Square. But they're saying... I'm assuming this is at least peer-reviewed in some capacity, right? It is, it is peer-reviewed, yeah. What they're saying is uh, no matter what the matrix size is, from ranging from 8,000 to 20,000, Alpha Tensor always does better. Like, always speeds up is better. Wow.
1: Every time. Now, is that even like a... Oh, you know, under... No, no. Every time. We win.
0: And the biggest speedup is on the NVIDIA V100 GPU for a 24% speedup, which I was like, oh, my God, what the heck? 24%? Like a quarter faster? Yeah, like, okay, if you, if you choose to run it on an NVIDIA V100, you get 24% faster. If you run it on a TPU V2, it's 14% faster. So, it, basically, it, if you're asking me and you want to run something fast, I would say let's use the NVIDIA V100, like, optimized algorithm on the nvidia v100 and use the nvidia v100 it's something that um i feel is like going to be used later on like it's not this 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 fact alone is not just applicable to this ai this is applicable yeah. to every ai so that's why i think it's even more uh interesting is this a new way
1: to make ais better in general not just specifically this one ai
0: yeah and you can even make the hardware better later on because they'll be like why is it better for this one and maybe make you know figure out why it's not better for that one
1: that's true because like you'll be like oh my computer is kind of slow. It's like, oh, why don't you just run this thing that's built into your computer? That's an AI that just knows your can figure out how to make your computer faster without to actually change anything inside the computer.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. And so they talk about that a little bit. They do, they do a lot, but there's a lot more math here, but I'm just ignoring that. Okay, Um. so I think the final thing to talk about is some of the problems. What do do you think? There's any problems with this solution, or did these these? Actually, okay There's one more thing to talk about before we get to there. They didn't. So there's two main things they found. They they found better solutions, or they found like um less multiplications, right? But that's not the only thing they figured out. For the f- four by four, or seven by seven, or something, they found fourteen thousand equations, non equal, non equivalent equations, that are all better than the Strassen algorithm. I I think what they're trying to say is. They never expected the feature space to be so rich that it has so many. I don't think anyone expected that. That there are 14,000 non equivalents. So they're not the same equations. They're not like permutation or combination of each other or whatever. They're all different. Unique. Unique that have better multiplication than Strassen's algorithm or, or, or as equal to his. But they didn't expect there that to be that many. Mm-hmm. It's a huge space. So uh, I think this is gonna lead to another uh, other breakthroughs because if this is such a big space and there's obviously something in the structure here that we were missing before. I wonder if yeah, I wonder if like
1: the way the AI does it, if someone could like, if someone looked at it, could they figure out a pattern that the AI
0: has like stumbled upon? Yep, yeah, I mean I'm am sure they definitely have have taken a look and see if they can find something, but these matrices are massive. But yeah, for sure, that's I think that was a really interesting part too. Uh, I was debating about uh, talking about the architecture, but uh, just in a nutshell. If you just, uh, just want to know, in a quick nutshell, the way they started this algorithm was they had a change of basis first. Of course. Always got to have a change of basis. Always. Uh, they run it through a bunch of different, these, these things that they call um, transformers. From there, they they create the actual game. They put that game in, a, uh, they use played games and they use pre-generated synthetic games because, well, there's a lot of reasons for that. They dump those into their Monte Carlo system. That gets dumped into their neural network. This is not even the neural network yet. Then the neural network runs the everything, uh, which I haven't talked about. But the neural network gives out a policy and a value because that's what the Monte Carlo does, right? Use those to find the UVWs. You finally found the UVWs. Uh, and then you see, are you good? Is it good? Is it bad? You check You check your model. You compare everything. Then you repeat this again and again forever. Well, not forever. There's a limit. And I think they said that it takes like one week to converge to something good. Oh, wow. Okay. Oof. That's the basic algorithm. Obviously, you can read the paper for more details, but you know, I can understand it. So there. <laughs> <laughs> they something called a torso, and I was like, "What? What's a torso?" And then the the technical YouTube video guy, he was explaining, it, and I was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. Like, it's it's really complicated." Like, he's like, "It's like the problem with reading these papers is like, you you get to one section, and they're like, like oh you got to learn this thing.' You get to that thing, you got to learn this thing to know that thing. It's like, oh, great. Clearly, I don't have the the knowledge." Is just learning
1: new things all the way down. Eventually, you reach a point where like, "Oh, I know this addition. I got this. I don't have to like look this up."
0: <laughs> yeah, you get to some points where you're like, "Okay, well." Uh, for example, when I did, I need to refresh on tensors, okay. What are properties of tensors, okay? Or like, uh, what is the outer product? Cause I totally forgot what the outer product is. And then no, okay. But this is not just an outer product; it's an outer product with tensors, so it's a little bit different. Oh, okay, great. So what does that? Half mean? Half this
1: podcast just words that no one this thing's gonna understand. If you made it this far, I'm sorry. Maybe, uh, dude, Come on, man. Our track, our, they really, they, they, they'll understand, right, right, right. I hope so.
0: I think I can't I can't tell you because I'm in the same seat as you are, where I know these terms, so I can like understand you. If you want a quick summary, I mean, I already kind of said it, but the idea is they turn it into a game, they play the game, that game gives you the answer, hallelujah, right? Done. (laughs) Uh, But what are some problems? So this is, everything's great and dandy, woo, we did it. You know, this is is the classic, like, you know, journalist describing a scientific paper. It solved all the world's problems. (laughs) Exactly. But is this, first of all, the, the first main question is, is this practical? Is it useful in practice? Or is it something something that hey, is just there, like, okay, well, whatever. And the second thing is, is it accurate or precise? I don't know. But is it, is it, is it actually giving me the correct answer, the answer that we care about? Uh, and the third thing is, is this generalizable, right? Is it, is, are they try, Are they doing something where they're like, the AI is not really learning? I think this was cases like, a, a, not, usually, I think DeepMind is pretty good, so we can kind of ignore that last one. But it's still very important because a lot of AIs are not generalized well, or they think they are, but they're not. There was a case... It was something like they were taking x-rays of patients. And the AI was seeing to see if they had... I don't know which kind of uh, cancer it was. But they're trying to see if they had some kind of disease in the chest x-ray. It looked good. The accuracy of the AI was like 99.99%. And they're like, okay, oh, wow. that's great. But it wasn't. Because this is this disease was very rare, I guess. And... Oh, okay. The AI could basically predict, predict like negative the entire time. And it's like, oh, it's fine. But in reality it's giving so many false positives and true negatives or whatever. And the point is it's, it's not good. It's a terrible model, but the accuracy is so good. This is one of the things that took me a very long time to understand
1: when we learned like probability and stuff in school was like someone could have a test and like you know, a test for a disease and it could be like 9999999 percent accurate in that if you take it and you have the disease and it says, po- and it says positive, like 90% chance it'll say positive if you have the disease. So you'll know whether you have the disease. And then the teacher will do some math and then show that it's wrong like half the time. I'm like, how can both of those be true? Yeah. How can it be 99.99% accurate if I take the test? If I have a disease, it'll tell me 99.9% of the time. But then also it's also only 50% accurate for people. It's like, was the, the the way I got to understand it was, I want to give me an example. It's like, imagine I made a test that could tell you with 100% accuracy that you have a disease that you have. And all that test does is say you have the disease every time. Yeah. like That's it. That's all it does. So obviously, if I had the disease and I take the test and it says you got the te- you have the disease, it's right 100% of the time
0: when someone has it. But it's wrong every other time someone doesn't. Exactly. So basically, uh, you can also say if someone tells you I have two AIs or two models, one gives me a 99.99% accuracy, the other one gives me a 50% accuracy, which one is better? The answer to that question is what you need more information. You can't just say one the, because one is more accuracy. You think, oh, of course that's better. It's more accuracy. No, that's not true. There are cases where 50% accuracy is way better than ninety nine I don't even know what I'm saying. It's crazy. Don't take that out of context. 50% accuracy could be way better than 99.99%. Okay, uh, but the chest X-ray thing was actually a little bit different. Where they had the technicians would do certain things to the X-rays, like they would might add like a little red dot somewhere to to, play, to where the picture is or something. That basically the AI was not getting, was not capturing the correct features. You know, it's like, it's like, for example, if someone gives you a picture of birds, right, and they tell the AI, which one is a bird that's a water bird, like, that usually is on water, versus which, which one is usually on land. Well, of course, if you give a picture of birds that are on water, it's going to think that the water, the ocean, or whatever, the blue, just blue, the color blue, is what's defining this bird. Not the features yeah. of the bird, the beak shape, or the fur, or anything, none of, none of that stuff. It's not generalizing well so this is a this is a very like it's, it's
1: it's somehow cheating by looking at other things that are correlated but aren't what we're looking for
0: exactly because then when you take the same exact bird and put it on land all of a sudden it's like oh it's a land bird well that's not right <laughs> it's like well, yeah, say hey, why is it a land bird but well, it's on land can't you see yeah so it's just one of those things where this is just you know it's very general it's a very simple case but it could easily be like terrible right in, 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 in some settings so in this case is that possible uh, I, won't, I won't I won't throw it out but I will say that usually mine's pretty good and uh probably it's okay. Like for generalizing. I think I because think they said it was a bunch of different matrices, it's probably okay. It's probably not even applicable to this case. But okay, so that one's gone. I already forgot the other two cases I said. But the main case I, I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> the, the the main case I'm talking about is the, the accuracy. Or in the technical term for this is numerical stability. Okay. Once again, accurate to say accuracy. To say how how good is it at getting the right answer? The point is that it's not that good. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, that's not true. That's not true. It is good. for The thing is, for most use cases, which is machine learning, in most machine learning cases, it's good enough.
1: Okay. So, when it's you doing things, f- when it's, u- and it's solving matrix problems for machine learning, it's good. But if you just throw a random multiplication problem at it, it doesn't do as well. For
0: general use cases, it depends on your use case. If your use case has to be really precise, probably don't go with this. Because, listen... I think that there's a theorem out there that says, if you have a two by or an n by n matrix, and you want to get it to be good, like a numerically stable result or like an accurate result, it needs to be. You need to have an O of n cubed algorithm. You need to. You need to. At least, at least O of n.
1: If the math says this is the best you can do, like
0: we're like over here, like, but what if what if I could break math? The, well, okay, but the theorem says that for numerical stability, and there are bounds, right? This is the only way they do this is by error bounds. So they say, okay, well, your result will be within these bounds. Because the issue with matrix multiplication is, is it's always, uh, it grows. If something is wrong in the start step, then it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Mm. For machine learning, that's not a huge deal because you can stop somewhere and then it doesn't really matter. The numbers are so small or so big or whatever. It doesn't really matter too much. But for some numbers, and you want to you care about that, eh, they mention this in the paper. They mention in like one sentence. They say like, "Yeah, this is a thing," and that's it. Like, they don't really talk about what they did to f- to solve it or whatever. But I think this is one of those things with this algorithm and Strassen's algorithm too. By the way, generally, because remember Strassen's algorithm is not. I did not even talk about the time complexity of these algorithms. Strassen's algorithm is O of n to the two point seven power. Okay, so, so it's like technically better. It's it technically goes against the theorem of three. Yeah, it's better than three. Two point seven is better than three. Uh, and then some others came up with, came, came up with a two point three algorithm, so that was like I think that was in like twenty eighteen or twenty twenty, so very recent.
1: Oh wow! I, mean, I don't know like, To me, it always reminds me when like we learn new things about math, like
0: kind of basic level. It's like oh yeah, we found a new way to matrix multiply very easily. Dude, Strassen figured that out in nineteen sixty nine. Like, that's not that long ago either. Like okay, like fifty years, but it's not really that long. It's not that long at all. Like, at all. And we've been doing matrix through.
1: multiplications for who knows how long.
0: Yeah. It's only it's only grown, so... But, what is Alpha Tensor's time complexity? Well, it doesn't really have one, because that's not really how this works, because it's not... Yeah, it's not, it's, uh, it's not how AIs AI typically behave. Yeah, so, uh, but we can say that it's kind of around... Uh, it's better than Strassen's. Uh, I would say it's kind of around the same, you know, if you will. What is that based on, Hamza? You're just make things up. Uh, I'm basing it off these uh, speed-ups, that's all. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, you're right. It's not there's no theoretical gain for that, because like, there's no there's no theorem for this. There's no there's no you know.
1: It's also tricky when you're dealing with like time complexity of algorithms because they're not like two algorithms can technically be the same time complexity, but one could be faster every single time. But yeah. time complexity wise, like, oh no, it's still O of n cubed even though one is O of n cubed
0: plus five thousand n squared. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like in school, you learn that you can get rid of constants. You can get rid of blah blah. blah. In reality, no, not really. Like I, I, I've had so many projects where people, where they're like, "Why are you doing this?" I'm like, "Well, it's the same O of n." They're like, "Yeah, but it's worse." I'm like, "What? It's O of n." But the thing is, O of n means a- asymptotically, like when you go to off to infinity, yeah, as infinity, your algorithm is O of n. Yeah, that's true. But you're never in practical use cases. That's not really what you're doing. You're not going to infinity. You're in this local region. So it's actually better to stay. And that's kind of. I feel like a school should have probably talked about that a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just say, like, hey, whatever. Like, this is better. This is always better. Like, this is the best. They define better like that, you know?
1: Yeah, it's weird. Because, like, like, yes, in technically, like, if two things are different big O notation, then typically the smaller one's better overall, always. But if two are the same, you lose a lot of stuff there. A lot of the constants and a lot of the little things that were considered insignificant when compared to the size of infinity. Are ignored. But like I said, we don't often work with infinite or even close to huge, huge, huge numbers. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, it just, it's just always weird to me that there's like, yeah, it's, it doesn't matter. Like, I get that computer science is supposed to be more mathematically And so it makes sense to compare
0: things to infinity, but like. No, it's like theoretical and stuff, yeah. And I guess in some cases that is uh, realistic. But for most of my practical use cases, I'm not dealing with some insane stuff like that. But for most of my practical use cases, that's never the case. So I'm like, okay, I'm looking for an algorithm that's fast. Like oh they're both the same same time complexity, yeah but not really like one if constants do start mattering, which is kind of yeah interesting.
1: it's like oh this if, if someone said okay this thing is three times faster than the other one like you know what, this algorithm is three n this other algorithm is two n so one is uh one is n and one is three n one is three times faster, the mathematics says oh but they're the same because if you go to infinity the the gap becomes yeah. basically
0: negligible it's like one's three times faster. How can you say they're the same? Yeah, it's literally three times faster. That's like, is a no. If I was choosing an algorithm, I would choose a three times one. But the computer science says they're the same. Just pick your pick your pick your poison. It's the same. It's like that's no, no 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 no. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. All right. I mean, uh that's all I have, and I hope they're gonna use this to like do something else crazy. Like I I want to see the actual. Cause okay, this is on GitHub too. So they don't of course they don't they don't actually show they they don't actually give you the AI. But you can see, you can kind of use like the, see how they did their work and benchmark a little bit here and there, which is okay.
1: But um. I don't get that. How can you give stuff to benchmark with, but not give the actual AI itself?
0: Like you, like you can just give, like, for example, in, in libraries, you don't have to, you don't have to know how they, how they implement oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but then the library must exist somewhere for you to read. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. But it's not open, right. but it's not open source. It's not, it's not, like, it's not, like you can it's just, not open source. Got it. Okay. It's proprietary, Pro- proprietary. I guess I never thought
1: about that. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. I kind of assumed that if, some, if something is a public library, which for those who don't know, libraries basically just ways for people to cheat code. You know, why write a multiplication function yourself when you can just use the one that comes that someone else made, right? <laughs> why but do addition
0: of... when someone else has already made an addition? Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. But obviously, it's for more complex problems. Like, you know, how do I convert this image into a different file type? Instead of having to like write a program yourself to do that, you can just use someone else's by just importing it. But I kind of, assu- I guess you could obfuscate that. In my head, libraries, I always assumed that libraries exist on your local hard drive somewhere and you could read through it line by line if you wanted to. No. But I guess that's not the case. You're right. Like, I don't know why I assumed that this entire time. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, like, obviously that wouldn't be the case. It'd just be like any other
0: program you run on your computer. Where technically you have the code, but that doesn't mean you can make sense of it. Yeah, or they could even, they could even obfuscate. Like you said, obfuscate. Like, they could just give you the binary or like the bytecode or whatever. They don't have yeah. to. Uh, Python is technically compiled. Okay, anyways, yeah, so, so, so there you go. Also, so how do people hide their code, right? I mean, otherwise, there's there's no way to hide it.
1: Yeah, I don't know why in my head, because it was, because it was, because it was Python, in my head, like, oh, it's not compiled. But, like, it depends on, like, a very, it's very technical on, like, oh, but
0: actually, mmm, but... Yeah, it's like, mmm, but... So, anyways, I want to see, I, the thing is, DeepMind is one of those things, where every single thing, every single time they release anything, it's, like, so... Breakthrough, like it's such a huge breakthrough in whatever's going on. Like the Go, the, okay, the, you might think, why is Go so special? Because if you read the history of Go, there were already algorithms, the same algorithms that they used, Monte Carlo tree search, and same ideas that were already beating Go players. Mm-hmm. So why did Alpha Zero or Alpha Star, or whatever, break through this? Why was that the breakthrough? If every, if there was already algorithms, because this is the first, or Alpha Go is the first algorithm, the first AI-generated algorithm that. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, it's the first ai <laughs> that defeated a normal go player without any handicaps at, at a full-size board
1: mm-hmm, that's the thing it, it went to the limit basically
0: exactly it jumped the limit so it's like before they were doing like seven by seven or nine by nine board or with handicaps and with not the, with amateur level players not professional players all of a sudden this ai comes out and says i can beat your i can be the best player right now
1: i can beat the best humans could possibly do
0: yeah exactly so it's like, okay, well, that that's, is a huge breakthrough. Then they released um, so many, right? And they use the same base AI, like I'll, like the base idea, which is kind of insane to me. Like, okay, I, I know I know reinforcement learning is popular and it's very, very strong, but it's it's, it's insanely amazing. And I think the thing is, the re- in reality, most things are reinforcement learning type, right? Like you don't learn, most things are like online learning or like sequential learning. It's not like a, here's a chess board and here's the solution. It's like, you have to kind of make dynamic moves, right? If you're playing a game and you move somewhere, your optimal choices change because you're in a different location, you're in a different setting, you're in a different state. So that's why uh, that, I think that's why they even use reinforcement learning in the first place. And for this problem, it to me, if I was starting looking at this problem, I would never think reinforcement learning because I'm like, well, uh, what state changes? Are this, where's the? There's nothing like that. Yeah, like they, they had to gamify it basically to make it even make sense. But once they did, yes, they were able to. I don't know how they were. Able to, they were able to figure out that okay, we can reduce this to this problem. And then we can do this to this to this. To this. I, the reason why I like it is because they're able to take ideas and mathematics that are known to people already. But they're able to incorporate that into their AI in a smart, very smart way. Very efficient way. And they're able to get real results from it. It's not just like, hey, whatever. It's like they're not
1: doing something new. They're not making something new. They're just doing something
0: in a new way. If S- that makes sense. Some things are new. Some things. You know, like it's okay. And obviously Monte Carlo research is not new. But mm-hmm. optimization by the the hardware and certain steps that they're doing, I feel like that no one people haven't really That's thought true. about this that. This feels yet. like wholly unique to this. So I don't know why I feel like DeepMind too much, but let's see what happens in the future. You know what's funny? Uh, this paper has like people people who worked on the paper, right? Mm-hmm. It has the first guy here. I can't even pronounce his name, Fauzi. Then there is Matej Balok and they have these these numbers next to them. One, two, you know, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, one. What does the numbers mean? I was like, what does the numbers mean? At the bottom here, it says, one, DeepMind, London, UK. That's it. That's for number one. Number two, these authors contributed equally. And there's the list of these authors. And then the email. Oh, okay, so what does that mean? Number one is just DeepMind, London, UK? Did these people contribute to the paper? And there's one person named here who is his name is Demis Hassabis. I'm not sure if you remember him. He's like the founder of DeepMind or like one of the founders of DeepMind. Also mm-hmm. a good chess player, by the way. Or a good Go player, I don't know. Because that's why he wanted to defeat Go in the first place. But he's on every paper that they have. He's always listed as one of the people on here. But I'm just wondering, did he actually work on the paper, though? Or is that's this one of those point. things?
1: It's, it's, he just gets credit because he provided the facilities for the research.
0: Like, he's involved, but... One day he's walking away, he's like, you know what? It might be better if you use the word decompose or something in there instead. And they're like, we'll put you to the paper, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I'm just That's to, a good point, yeah.
1: I guess I never thought about like how you go about crediting people on papers. Like how exactly is that process?
0: Yeah, and this is not alphabetical order. So it must be first person must be the most, like maybe they contributed the most.
1: Who is the first? Is it the, the CEO foezy, of the company? The Fozy guy. No oh, no no, okay. he's not a
0: CEO. The CEO of the company guy, he's uh second to last. Okay. Alright.
1: At least they have been realistic. Yeah. Well,
0: I don't know. The thing is I don't know if he's working on it. I, I don't want to put anything past him, but Probably didn't. Question. probably didn't.
1: But yeah, realistically, he has other things to work on
0: too. All right, that's what I got. That's what math gains are. There you go. Is it a breakthrough? Like as the, everyone's claiming, is it a huge breakthrough? Uh, yeah, probably. So. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, maybe. It's only been two months, so we need more people to look at it and kind of scrutinize it. Just from the just from the details right now. At first, I was saying, yeah, this is amazing. Then reading the paper, I was like, is this that amazing? And then when I was then I was really reading, I was like, this is pretty amazing. So it's kind of like. <laughs> It, it does feel pretty amazing. We'll see. A couple of years. Who you knows? This is one of the things that, like,
1: you know, like, uh, most things in technology follow, like, an S-curve, typically? No. Oh, it's, yes. like, a long period of, like, lull, and then there's, like, a huge spike of we solving problems left and right, and then we're back into another lull again. Maybe this is, like, the thing we need to just get back into another exponential growth period. It's like, oh, yeah, it just turns out if we can just solve matrix multiplication really fast, we can yeah.
0: suddenly do so many things we couldn't do before. Or at least it, things are faster, and and optimization at this level is really good, very good. Cause like there's no, we're not getting faster, right? The chips are not getting faster. They're not getting that much faster. Moore's law is Yeah, well, it, it's it's kind of ending it, and then it's dead. Yeah, everyone's jumping to AI chips and whatnot, and that's kind of a new fad. But is it really doing anything beneficial? Oh, I can pre-process your image in like ten seconds. Actually, that's pretty useful, I'll be honest. But then <laughs> this guy comes out and says, "Hey, you know what? We can make it much faster." It's like, oh, okay, yeah.
1: that's the end of lecture one on artificial intelligence this
0: is not even close to a lecture it's not even close it's just crazy yeah I mean we don't I don't know enough to talk about to talk about this in full detail but basic idea is amazing things happen all right this is Hamza signing out
1: this is multi also signing out